because of lockdown and shit, in terms of time and dates and shit, you got no idea. Like, I didn't even know daylight savings was kicking in up until four hours like, before. Hey, That's it. Hey, listen to this. You didn't know daylight savings existed anymore. Day- day- daylight savings, but shut up, Jules. You've just woken up. Have you made yourself a coffee or what? To be honest with you, listen to this for a laugh. I've um, so I've got Nescafe. Yeah, you lost me at Nescafe. <laughs> All I know is Jules. When I called you to see where you're at, you're in your tenth dream, man. Deep tenth, eleventh bloke. <laughs> I, I had I, I wasn't even thinking about answering the phone. Lucky Balan said, "Go pick it up," or else there's no chance I was picking it up. Yeah, Lucky Balan was there. Yeah. She saved my day. Balan. She, she, she saved this episode. How about that? Welcome, everyone, to episode 38 of the Almost Blues Brothers podcast. 38, boys. My God. That's just hit me. That's a, that's a lot of episodes that we've done this year. It's insane. Um, We've got uh, daylight savings, you know, really through uh, a spanner. Yeah, through a spanner in the works. Yeah, I've got we've got Jules on the line from live from Spain, Valencia, Spain, as he always is. How are you, Jules? Oh, he's eating. He's getting his headphones sorted. Look at this. He's got Look a biscuit. <laughs> Can you hear us? I'm all good, boys. And he's got a biscuit in his mouth. It's going to be a bad episode. <laughs> Pov, how are you, man? I'm right. I'm good. I've just, Jules, I've just finished my first mm-hmm. uh, personal training session with Dan. Nah, he's going to fix me. Fuck. To be honest with you, I can't, I can't believe I haven't mentioned that for a while, man. It's actually, that's good, man. I'm happy for you. My body, my, I've got the body of an 80-year-old. Ask Pov. Hey, your punza is, it was gone places. Let's just put it that way. Jules, let's put hey, it this you, way. Hey, you could have been sneaking across the border soon. You know what I mean? Half your body, at least. <laughs> Jules, <laughs> well, how's this? Man. Joe's stomach isn't what we're worrying about nah. in training. Nah. My whole back. His <laughs> ankle. And ankle. Hey, if for anyone that hasn't checked our socials, yeah, I nailed that shot. Part two, redemption. I actually nailed it at Vic Park. The ankle's fine. Got full mobility. It's my upper back that I've never used, and Pov saw that for what it was today. I've gen- I genuinely move like an 80-year-old. It's not right. So a desk, that's what a desk job does to you, Jules. Fuck, I know. You know, but. You know, but. <laughs> Boys. Uh, I, was, I said, I said, we're going to kick you. You asked me how I went, how we're going here, Jules. And I said, I said, we can now go 15 kilometers instead of five kilometers in Victoria legally. And you asked me about golf. And Pov, I don't think you've heard this one. I played golf on Thursday. The first time I know I called you saying yeah. you weren't you weren't going to play. No, no, we played first time in eight months. We played nine holes because that's all you can play because of the outdoor exercise restrictions in terms of time. So you can't actually play eighteen holes yet. So we played nine. We get there. I've got to use the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I've heard about this. Not from you. Bathrooms at golf clubs are closed. No way. COVID lives in the bathrooms. You did in the bush. Had to. Let's just say someone's probably picking up some dog shit that's not dog shit. How's this, though? How's this? It was ra- It was torrential rain that day, Jules. So, you know what? They wouldn't know the difference between Joe's piss and the rain. 
and we genuinely got oh, dressed. Imagine walking <laughs> past that shit. It would have been a little bit runnier. I didn't. Did. I didn't shit. Can I oh, say something? How's this? Hell, Joe. <laughs> I oh. didn't. I didn't. Do you know what, Joe? That actually explains something because he messaged me, Jules, because he told me he was going to go play golf. So I said yeah. to him, there's no chance you're playing in torrential rain. He goes, yeah, watch me. Like, I play better in rain. You know how Joe just talks his game? And I, and I did. And how's this? And I did. And I haven't picked up a golf club in eight months. I finished with four pars. I've got a witness as well. So, yeah, that's all right. Anyway, then he finished. He messaged me earlier than I thought. And that's why you messaged me earlier because you only played nine holes. We were supposed to play eight yeah. in. And we, told, we were told we can't. I thought it was because you chickened out. No, nah, we played all nine. I was soaking wet and I was happy as a pig in shit just to be back out there. Was it? <laughs> That was good. You actually were in shit, <laughs> pretty much. All right, we gotta get we got we gotta get this we gotta get this show on track. Seriously, I don't know how we started here, boys. Um, as we always do, just want to thank all the listeners. Last week's episode, boys, with Baz. I don't what know. You get up Baz, to, man, you didn't even his, tell me. You didn't even share the news. Well, Baz has got this aura about him that just oh, brings mate, Baz. He's a. We, we talk about Judd as the Messiah, but Baz, oof, he's on another level. Isn't I he actually is. agree. That is, he is. Paul, he's, he's just got Paul. this aura about him. He's just got this little something, something, doesn't he? Baz, I think Jules is trying to say Baz, uh, Baz is the Judd of the podcast world. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit much. Nah, we love Baz. Nah. It, was, it was a good episode. We enjoyed it, but it was it was a big week for the podcast. We had most listeners we've ever had. So I want to thank everyone. If you're an old listener that tuned in last week, or, or an OG, not an old listener, an OG. Or if you're a new listener that tuned in for the first time, uh, this is us. I hope you I hope you enjoyed what you heard. Um, it's just us today. You're just going to get the three amigos, the the originals. So um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in as usual. If you haven't followed us, you can follow us on Instagram at Almost Blues Brothers and Boys. You can now follow us on Twitter. Bang at, at Almost Blues Bros. Go. Yeah, good. Yeah, and guess who's running that one as well? It's not Dan or Jules. I'll put it to you that one. <laughs> Wasn't a part of our contract, so. So everyone's everyone. There were a few people that were excited that we were on Twitter. It was good. Yeah, yeah. So we'll try a bit more interaction with a few listeners and whatnot. We might. It, I feel like Twitter's a platform. I've never used Twitter, but I feel like it's a platform where you can call people out. So Kane Corns might be getting a few tweets earlier next year. Oh, you'll be getting stuck into him for sure. <laughs> Boys. We've got, a, we've got a pretty stock standard show today uh, based on what we've been doing recently, but still some exciting things to talk about. We've got Blues News straight up. Uh, we're going to talk about some contract re-signings during the week, some pretty important ones. We're going to talk about another one that's still there for an extension that Carlton have come out and pretty much said that they're not too worried about, which I'd like to get your thoughts there. It's a big name. I reckon you could probably guess who it is. Uh, we've got a new assistant coach that we're going to uh, that we're going to break down, see what, see what Aaron Hamill coming back to the club is going to bring us. Um, and any other assistance that might follow. And then uh, to round it all out, big trade and free agency preview proper. We're going to dissect it. Um, you know, we've had we've had we've already had one signing come on board. We'll talk about Georgie Hewitt. Huge signing. Massive signing. Uh, we'll talk about Adam Chera, who's nominated the club officially. And we'll talk about some other key ones that we believe uh, should be high on the priority list for the Blues. So, boys, how's that sound? Good, good. Well, I don't know what you, I don't know what you want us to Jules, say. Jules looks like he's asleep again. <laughs> Fuck, do you blame me, man? That same thing's fucked me. 
And he's not even here for it. <laughs> All right, and boys. I was, I'm not even the one living through daylight savings at the moment. He's, he's like a parrot today. He's just he's just copied everything I've said. This is going to be a bad You're like episode. a parrot. You're actually like a parrot. Switch on a bit, please. Without any further ado, let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. All right. So, straight off the top, Blues news. Contract, uh, contract re-signings. Uh, Matt Kennedy, Josh Honey, one-year deals. They'll be blue baggers to the end of 2022 at least. Um, let's talk about Kennedy first. Had a massive year, boys. Um, definitely deserving of another contract and a contract not on the rookie list. You know, a lot of people think forget that he was re-rookied last year. Um, what are your thoughts on Matty Kennedy? Is he going to go to another level next year? Oh, yeah. I think Matt Kennedy... I think Matt Kennedy was a, a shining light for us this season um, in terms of – I think it was a breakout year for him, definitely. Um, and what he brought into that midfield, I think he's. I think he deserves that extra year. Um, if it was me, I probably would have given him two. Um, but, again, let's see what product he brings coming into, into next year. But, um, yeah, like I said, for me, he's one of the positives coming out of a season that was pretty negative. Yeah, for me, Paisan, I feel like as if – yeah, I'm on the same page in regards to to Matthew Kennedy. I feel like as if the sort of the mid to back end of the year, once he did come into the side, he was able to really impact, particularly in the contest and in the tackle. Um, I think one game he did move forward and spent a lot of time forward against, I think it was against North Melbourne actually, when we had um, Mackay out. Yeah, so Cripps and Kennedy were sort of rotating through there. Um, he can play there, if you know, but... His bread and butter is in the middle, in the contest, winning contested possessions, getting the addition ball out. Um, it's going to be interesting next year with the likes of Hewitt coming in and then obviously potentially in Chera. And obviously they're just going to be vying for, for positions, boys, which is um, always good to have. Well, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to talk about George Hewitt. We might talk about the midfield mix with George Hewitt coming in now and, and who gets a game and whether or not they can all coexist as inside mids, maybe rotating, uh, you know, through through the forward line a little bit later. But, yeah, I agree with the comments there about Matty. You know, we had him at, in the end, I think, in our voting, in our almost Blues Brothers voting, he played from round 12 onwards and he finished top three in our voting. So imagine if he played from round one, you know. And he was talking about he needed time to obviously prove himself in the VFL. Um, if there's anyone that's earned a contract in recent memory that's really been made to earn it, Matt Kennedy is top of that list. And you know what? I, I agree with Pov. I reckon he should have got two years. I was I was firmly in the camp of giving him yeah. two years. Because this is this is the risk we now run. If he if he plays himself into more form next That's year right. on a one year deal, clubs are gonna come swooping for him, offering him more yeah. money. So what's you know, the, what's the reasoning behind it? Do you think it was more of a capital thing and not being able to offer him maybe because next not maybe next year or yeah, possibly next year? Or, nah. uh, or this year, year after, we had too much money being spent towards other players? Or what do you think? I think it's a product thing. I think it's a product thing in what he's actually going to produce. I think they probably want to see more of what he bought this year to then maybe put more faith in him to make him a long-time <laughs> which, I, which, uh, which I think is fair. But looking at the form that he got himself into, I can't see him regressing. I can only see him getting better. So, especially with the likes of Hewitt, like we're going to talk about, and Chera and, around him to really 
lighten that burden a little bit more as an in, inside mid. So oh, it just worries me a little bit that there's going to be clubs this time next year that come swooping in for him uh, that offer him a four-year deal potentially and he decides, you know what, I'm going to take the money elsewhere and we lose a, a really, really good player, to be fair. So that's Kennedy. The other how, one was, how, about, how about with Honey then? How about Honey? Well, that's the other one. Josh Honey was the other one, signed a one-year deal. I mean, Honey's played, what, four games in his career, I think, or five? Um, yeah, one-year deal makes sense at this point. I don't think he's going to – I mean, if he explodes next year and just develops exponentially, then all the more power to him. There'll but, be clubs coming for him too, but, yeah. Boys, to this is what went through my head. When I saw that Honey re-signed um, midweek with the one-year, it actually said to me, first of all, what an impact he did make straight when he did come in. Because he got the contract prior to always. Yep. Mm. That made me think, well, like, does that does that impact always? You know, like in in a way. So for him to get a contract, you know, pretty quickly. Um I think yeah, I think, I, I think Matt Matt always will be one of the next to sign. I can't see him not signing. He, he had he proved himself this year, but Josh Honey, you know, he showed he showed that he's gonna be a really effective sort of half forward, small mid. And I'm not I'm not really calling him a small uh, – sorry, small forward. I'm not really calling him a small forward because he's got some real explosive leap at the ball, good mark overhead. You know who he reminds me of in terms of the way that he plays? He's Isaac Heaney. I was going to – yeah. Isaac Heaney. He's explosive. He's not really a small, but he's not really a tall. He's that medium general forward with really good foot skills, Really strong. He's got some pace. You know, that's if he's half the player that Isaac Heaney is, we've got a player on our hands, man. Yeah, he adds something to our forward line that's going to complement it really well. Um, and obviously, he's going to be make he's going to make it very difficult to match up against. So, which is obviously really important too. And boys, he knows how to find the goal. Well, which is the most important thing, yeah. What he have in that Saints game, three I think the first three touches he had were three goal assists or something like that. You know, it's not even just his ability to find the goals, he sets up his teammates, he's selfless. Um, you know, so yeah, Josh Honey's a massive one. That's um, I'm I'm when we do our previews, oh, massive fan. I reckon when we do our previews next year in that first episode next year, and we talk about who's going to be the breakout player. If it's not Josh Honey, I don't know who it's going to be because I reckon this kid's just ready to go yeah. to another level. Stocker, I think. Well, anyway, we'll talk about that next year. There's in our second year of depends. You know, well, but it depends. Hey, there's some other players we may pick up. The other one that I want to talk about, and I mentioned it off the top, and it's got me a little bit worried just with the way that the club's approaching it. Sam Walsh, boys, he needs a contract extension. He needs it soon because if we don't, he's just going to cost us more money. As and I'm willing to pay this kid. Forget about $1 million player. I'll pay this kid $2 million a year if we've got the cap for it. I just think we need to extend him now and we need to extend him quickly to lock him in so we're not worrying about this next year. What are your thoughts on the club coming out and saying, you know, we're not too worried. We'll take that as it comes. You know, while she's committed to the club, um, you know, we're taking not a conservative approach, but um, we're taking an approach of it'll get done. I think understanding the type of player that Walsh is, I think he would have given the club reassurance for them to make a statement like that. Um, it does make me worried, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, like, I reckon, um, yeah, I think the club, I don't think they'd be sweating on Walsh. You reckon? 
Yeah, not. I don't think they would be sweating on Walsh either, obviously in terms of how they've come out in the media um, this week. But if you go to look back the last few years, um, all the big players that, you know, and they've said, the club has said that they're confident that they're going to be signing, eventually mid-year they've signed. So I'm mm. just hoping that it doesn't run out, you know, its course by mid-year. I'm hoping before pre-season it's announced, you know. Or even even by at least before the start of the season, it's announced and it's done, and then we can actually worry about the season, boys. Well, this is how I look at it. He's going to win our best and fairest by a long margin. So he'll win his first John Nichols. He's top four on the brown low. He was second behind Bonds and Pally in the AFLPA MVP this year. Uh, you know, the kid's only twenty one, and with the likes of with the likes of Hewitt, Chera whoever coming in, more support around him. He's only going to be freed up a lot more in that midfield to go above and beyond what we saw this year. If you're not extending him now, he's just going to cost you more years and more dollars when you decide yeah. to extend him. Like I said, I'm happy, to pay, I'm happy to pay this kid $2 bucks a year over six years. That's how good this guy's going to be for 300-plus games for this yeah. club. Future My- captain, whatever you, whatever you want to say. But – the more that he shows what he's worth, the more other clubs are going to start asking the question. And when you've got a kid like this, there's always that threat that regardless of whether he's committed, and I don't question while she's commit, uh, committedness to the club, regardless of that, if clubs come knocking on the door and offer him 1.5, 1.4, whatever it is a year, it's it's very hard to not look at that as an option. No, nah, the, club, the club wouldn't. The club wouldn't do. They wouldn't let it get that far. Like what Jules said, I think they'd be they'd be locking him down quicker than mid year. Yeah, we'd hope. The only thing is, I'm so I'm not you, say, for, you, like you say for example, Walsh will you know he'll go on. Of course, he's going to go to another level. But my thing is in terms of bringing those players in, like the likes of Hewitt, which has already been done, like the likes of Chara, if it does happen, okay, which it's sort of looking a lot more likely than than unlikely. Um, I'm hoping the spread's better. You know, I'm hoping we get, you know, it's not just Welsh and Daylight and then in terms of possessions, then someone's got 20 and then 18, okay? I want a more consistent midfield where they're getting, you know, between 23, 26 touches and there's about four or five of them, you know? That's what I want. I want the low to be spread, okay? You're going to get that's, that, that's what That's what I want to see. Sorry? We're going to, we'll, we'll see that. If yeah, we have, that's, what, that's what I want. I don't. I, we don't need Walsh to get thirty, whatever. Okay, or or Cripps to get twenty five, twenty six. Cripps needs to get fourteen contested possessions a game, fifteen contested yeah. possessions a game. That's what he needs. You know, that's all he needs. And, and five tackles, five six tackles. That's what he needs. You know, so that's what I'm sort of looking like looking at in terms of our midfield. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. I mean, I, I can't see Walsh not going above and beyond what he did this year. I've got him penciled in for the brown low next year. Not even penciled in, in pen, so I can't even rub it out. How's that? <laughs> not even that invisible pen. That what, are they, what was the company that did that invisible pen? Anyway. Um, yeah, look, moving on from the players, we did sign another – well, it was a former player of the former club. Blue. Former blue. Former preliminary final 1999 hero. Aaron Hamill back in the Navy Blue in a coaching capacity um, as, as as our defensive coach takes over from Dale Amos, comes over from St Kilda. He's had 10 years. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's right. Experience. 
10 years of experience as an assistant coach, looking after multiple lines as well. Um, boys, off the bat, reactions to this appointment? Because for me, I was, I was surprised. I didn't see this one coming. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with the appointment. Um, obviously, very experienced assistant coach, worked across the lines before um, as, as well. Um, and particularly early days would have worked with a St. Kilda side that was very competitive as well. And then obviously in the last few years, um, getting you know competitive under Ratton um, again and obviously um, making finals a couple of years ago. So, you know, obviously worked across a pretty reasonable um, a pretty reasonable team as well. But not only that, he used to play for Carlton boys, obviously. So, um, you know, he obviously knows what the jumper means and what the fans want and what they expect, which is, um, you know, he spoke about it in the course in the media this week in terms of, you know, they, the, play, the supporters just want effort, you know. So if they're able to bring that, if the t- players are able to bring that during the week and, and obviously and on game day especially, then, you know, we're obviously going to be happy. Yeah, that's the thing, Jules. That's the thing that I like the most about this appointment, to be honest, was that he was a former Blue. I think bringing in players, uh, sorry, coaches or play, uh, coaches that were and did play for us, um, again, just enhances that culture and what the jumper actually means. Um, but again, the defensive side of our game is something that needs to be improved. Um, and I think he can be the man to do it. I mean, yeah. you're talking about former player, you're talking about another, it's another one coming to the club that he's a clubman, you know, Diesel Williams. I know Voss didn't play for us, but he was a boyhood blue bagger. He's, he said this publicly. Um, Aaron Hamill, you know, there was a quote during the week. He spoke to RSN Breakfast uh, on, on radio earlier in the week. And, and he said, I'd be lying if I said the jumper didn't mean anything to me in my decision to return. It's quite nostalgic to get back here from a romantic sense, but I'm aware of the responsibilities that I undertake here. When I walked into the club, and it still rings true now. Failure is not an option. This is what is expected in this jumper. This is what it means and represents. I don't think the fans ask too much. They ask you to turn up, have a crack, be a high-level character, and respect the jumper while you're in it. Now, for me, I've been a big um, critic of the way that our, our not playing list, but our organisation hasn't put enough emphasis on what it means to wear this jumper to hear those words from someone like Aaron Hamill that's pulled that on before and to know that he's going to instill those that 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 sort of legacy, um, that belief and that understanding into the playing group, um, it just gives me a bit of hope that we've turned a bit of a corner in understanding what this club is about and, and bringing back some sense of identity that we've spoken about all year, boys, that we think has been lost. Yeah, so... Boys, I don't. In terms of the way, obviously, Luke Sayers, Brian Cook, um, Voss, and obviously now Hamill, the way they've been speaking about the clubs and the use of um, wording and and words, the way they've been um, conducting themselves in front of the camera and the media, obviously not only in terms on the Carlton official website, but obviously across all areas of the media, um, mate. If you're not excited, then I don't know what you're doing, but. In terms of being excited, now it's all good to say, you know, all these beautiful things, um, which, you know, it's spot on. But now we need to see it, boys. You know, now we need to see it to come to fruition. Um, and we want to see it in preseason, you know. So when we hit the preseason games, particularly early on in those games, we want to see the contested 
um, side of the game and in the contest, the amount of tackling, mm. the ferociousness, you know. Yeah. So I'll, we just need we need to see it, boys. We need to see it before we can actually um, speak about it. But but yeah, that'll that'll really show us what the standards are like. I think that's going to be in preseason and what standards they're upholding. But I think if you bring people into the club that have been successful and know how to win, I think you're already on the right path. So I, I like what we're doing with bringing in Hamill. Um, but obviously, which then leaves us to our other or other people that could be available. Other assistants. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, we've got a few more spots to fill. I think, you know, we've got um, O'Keefe, Power, Hamill, Voss on the coaching panel at the moment. I think we're still looking for a mid uh, midfield coach or a transition stoppage coach, whatever they call it. Um, Is that Stanton's role? That was Stanton's role. <laughs> yeah, and then Power took over, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and we're looking for, and I believe we're still looking for a forwards coach. So, uh, look, I, I don't know. I, I don't know who it's going to be. Like I said, the Hamill appointment shocked me. It came from nowhere, um, and it just tells me that tells me a couple of things. It tells me the club has stopped these media leaks because we would have heard about this in previous years a lot earlier, which is unbelievable. Huge props to Luke Sayers again. Um, but secondly, it could be someone that we're just not even thinking at the moment. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Lepic is off the market. Um, but is there anyone that comes to mind that we might have spoken about during the year or may not have spoken about that you think could be the next one to, to be appointed, boys? Um, I'm thinking I like to like Gia, Gia and Syracuse. Yeah. Um, I know he was sort of in the running potentially for, for obviously our senior coaching position. But um, from what I've heard from all reports, um, he's an extremely knowledgeable coach in terms of across the lines as well. So, and I feel like as if that's a theme that we're bringing it, bringing in, because not only does you know understanding the game across you know all lines, so sorry from forward, midfield, and defence, but you're also learning about how to deal and manage people, and not just your your group, but then you understand how to communicate and and transmit information across the lines too. That's what you're learning. You're learning obviously leadership skills, you're learning um, communication skills, which is all vital and really important um, for, for team success. So I feel like as if the characteristics that they're bringing in, um, not only the understanding of the game, but they're all got a theme to it. Voss, very experienced in terms of across the lines. Um, you know, he's had, he had a senior um, coaching, assistant coaching position at Port Adelaide for a, for a little bit too. Um, obviously, the likes of Hamill, again, coached, across the lines as well. So it's a, it's a real theme that we're trying to bring in, I feel. Yeah, for sure. I was, uh, to be honest with you boys, I was shattered when Lappin got um, snatched up by Geelong, wasn't it, Joe? Nigel Lappin, I, I believe he signed a, an extension for four years at Geelong as an assistant coach. So for me, that's who I thought maybe Vossi would have been able to get him over the line. Um, but what about someone like a Uze? Adam Uze, yeah. Adam Uze? Yeah. Um, who else you and I were talking about, Joe? Kingsley? Kingsley. It? Yeah, some of the guys that we, uh, like you said, Jules, that we interviewed for the head coaching position, um, McWalter uh, as well, uh, and there's one more that's escaped me. Knights? Knights was there as well. There's another one that, oh, Kingsley, Adam Kingsley. You said that. Did I? Yeah. 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 I would, uh, boys, and I wouldn't mind bringing in a more senior coach as well, so like more of a father figure, like the like – the, um, the Chocos of the world, to, to be honest. Who's there? 
who knows? But it's, you know, obviously you got you know you got the likes of Paul Ruse. You know, there's there's people out there. If you if you want to look for him, there's people out there that you can find. The father figure we wanted is on holiday, is taking a break. That's the father figure. <laughs> no, no, wrong. That's not uh, the he, one. He one. wants to be, that's wrong because he wants to be in the hot seat. That also, it's wrong. It's not the one we wanted. The one we wanted was Michael Voss, and Michael Voss is in the chair, and we're getting behind him, boys. Well, there you go. Yeah. I never want to hear that. I don't okay, want to quiet. Jules stay. I don't want to hear. I, don't hey, want to hear I didn't bring it up. There's no talk about Alistair Clarkson. We're with Voss for the next three, four years minimum. I understand that, but you're talking about father figures. Jules is talking father Well, Jules figures. is talking father figures. I'm answering a question. I don't yeah, know why. Clarkson's not a father figure. Clarkson's a head coach. I don't know why Jules is talking father figures. I don't think we need one, to be honest. I think I think if you build a strong enough coaching group in assistant coaches supporting Michael Voss with Brian Cook as your father figure for the organisation. For the organisation. Diesel Williams is your father figure. All right, Diesel Williams, whatever. Whoever, whoever else we've appointed as, a, as father figures for the organisation of the football club, that's all you need. I don't think we need a director of coaching. I don't think I don't think we're in the position where we need that. Which, by the way, boys, I don't think we've spoken about it, but it's a <laughs> bit of a tangent. But Collingwood appointing uh, an ex-Carlton head coach as their director <laughs> of coaching, who has a worse winning record than university, is one of the funniest things I've seen throughout this year. No comment. I'm going to say. That's because it doesn't make sense. And they're up and about about it as well. How's that? One of my Collingwood mates goes, yeah, but he wins when he's not head coach. Unheard of. <laughs> Righto. He's directing your whole coaching apart. You know what? Good luck to him. Good luck to Bolts. I liked Bolts as a coach, but, you know, just never translated. Not, not when we're losing by fucking 80 points every week. <laughs> or to 16 GWS players in the final quarter by 105 points on the day. That's all right. Um, all right. I think we've we've dissected the coaching enough. Look, whoever it's going to be, I think we've shown now that it's a little bit different the way we're going about this. We're appointing people that are going to change this football club, that are going to change the system and the fabric that, you know, moulds this football club into what it is from a cultural perspective. So I've got full faith in what these guys are doing. And all the people that are coming on board now understand the direction the club wants to head in. That's the most important thing. 100%. It would be remiss of us to release this episode this week without doing a full trade and free agency preview and a little bit of a recap as well already for free agency um, for the Carlton Football Club. We're going to start off the bat, bang, George Hewitt signs a four-year deal reportedly at 450k a year uh, from the Sydney Swans. Sydney get an end-of-second-round compensation pick for that. He's a restricted free agent. What were your thoughts initially, boys? We've spoken about this guy. It's the worst kept secret in the AFL. Uh, he's now a blue bagger. I'm extremely happy in terms of what he can bring to the to our midfield. Um, I think he complements it extremely well. Um, obviously, he's got a bit of grunt about him, contested work. He sort of frees up Cripo in that regard too. Um, you know, and obviously gives us some more rotation, which are the the big teams in the AFL, particularly Melbourne and Western Bulldogs, they have that rotation in their midfield, you know, and they've got, you know, five, six, seven, seven players that rotate through there on a consistent basis. You know, we've really ever only got about four. So 
Um, so I'll, it's going to be amazing to see to see him complement our midfield. Oh, I've spoke I've spoken in previous podcasts about how much of a necessity I think Hewitt is for our midfield, and um, in what he can do in a contested side on the contested side of the game is sensational. And I, you know what's exciting for me is, boys, I don't even think we've seen the best of what he can produce yet. That's the thing. Yeah, that's what excites me the most. The way and, he gets around the ground, how the do you know what he is? He's the player that sets the tone. Yep. Mm. So, boys, it's yeah, it's going to be exciting to see. Let's first let's get to the season first. After the first four, five, six rounds, then we can sort of start judging in terms of his impact. Well, I've been, I feel like yeah, we've got a, we've got a player. We've got a player. No, no, no. You, no, this this shit about let's wait till the season. You're doing my head in because we've got a podcast to run here. We've got a Jeeva run up that's listening to us. You're telling everyone to settle down. Fuck off, George. He's trying to be some mediator. I'm not trying to get excited. This is this is where this is where George Hewitt's at. He's I'm a sick of false hope, boys. He's a 25-year-old bull who laid 13 tackles in the elimination final against GWS. He's played 120 games across his career, coming into his prime. And he's it, you spoke about rotating the midfield jewels. I don't think that's the model we need to go for, to, in all honesty. What I want to see is players pushing other players to hold Your their spot. Your best players pay. To, well, to hold their spot, but also players coming in that are going to help the likes of Walsh and Cripps. And if you want to talk about a player that's going to put blocks on, that's going to tackle, that's going to find the ball and feed it out to players that can kick and deliver, George Hewitt's your guy. He's your guy. Just go watch any highlights of George Hewitt from this year alone. Forget about the past six years when he's racked up 120 games. The guy is what you get. Like every week, you know what you're going to get from this guy. That This is, this is the point. He's going to be as consistent a player as we've got on our list right now. No, no commentary. So I, I know I've nailed that. That's what it tells me. I'm not. I'm not denying it. I'm not denying it. My, my no, thing is, I'm, no, I'm, you're, yeah, you're, the you're amount of players we've we've got gotten in from other clubs and they haven't been, you know, impacting out at, in our club is, you know, there's a lot. There's many of them. So George Hewitt, George Hewitt's not that player, Jules. Well, let's let's see. I don't think he is either. I don't think he will be either. But time will tell. We'll see. Time will tell, Jules. Time will definitely tell you're whether, whether you last this podcast anymore. You're pissing us off, Jules. Good. Be excited, Bellor. I is am he, excited. Boys, this guy's best 22 straight away. Yes or no? Yes. I, 100% he is. So who's, whose, spot does he take in the, whose spot does he take in the midfield from round 22? So who do we have? We have How many Dow. people are you going to rotate through the midfield, though, if you don't want to, you know, a, a you know, six, seven players rotating through. Who's your top four, five then? Well, that's what I'm saying. So let's let's just look at the season gone. You've got Cripps, Walsh, Dow, Kennedy, Kerno. Let's say there's five there that pretty much rotated through the midfield consistently. I think Kerno will be out. Same. Yeah, I agree, Jules. I was going to say Kerno. I, I see Kerno playing a high, like, like high, high half forward. forward. Yeah. Okay, but if Kerno plays high wing. half, if he plays high half forward wing, he's still on the side. So my point is, who who is out of this side from round twenty two this year? Who who gets dropped? Well, Dow wasn't even in the side in round twenty two or twenty three, whatever it was, wasn't Nunes. it? Nunes. Yeah. Nunes. And then yeah. we've got a wing pro- and then we and then we've got a wing problem. Why you got Kerno or O'Brien? You got, you want to play, you got you Williamson, want to and then you got Doherty coming back in. Okay. You want to play Kerno? 
You want to play Kerno on a wing after what we saw this year when he played off halfback where he had no impact? Well, you're the one that's saying... What about Williamson, then? What about Williamson on the wing? Yeah, well, he was in the side. I'm saying, whose spot does Hewitt take round one if he's a walk-up start? Also, taking into account that we're going to have Chera coming in as well. Whose spot do these guys take? And this is... You know, the point that I'm getting to here is... Then, what I then, you're, then you're getting into Kennedy and Dowd. And this is the point that I'm making. The Kennedys, Dows of the world in our side, they're going to be pushed to hold their spot now. It's not as easy to pick that midfield group. Yeah? And that's what we need. So whatever the recruiting department is building, I like it. I like it already with this signing of Hewitt and free agency. And Well, they're building depth, which is important, especially for that that part of the ground. Yeah, yeah. they're building depth in quality, boys. And, and in terms of what we need, particularly with the with the defensive aspects of our midfield group, you've seen it throughout the course of the last few seasons. It's nowhere, you know? So so I'm But not only happy. that, but not only that, Jules, you're building depth through players that are going to be here for years and years to come. That's a thing. Young quality talent. That's what we have to be excited about. Hewitt's 25. He's literally about to hit the peak of his career as a midfielder. Yeah. Peak. What's Chera? And we got him on 450K a year. So you can tell it if you want about us overpaying for Zach Williams or overpaying for Adam Saad. But when it nets out, honestly, we're, we're paying Hewitt far less than what I thought we were going to be paying him if, if the reported number's true of 450. So I'm wrapped. I'm wrapped. What number does he get, boys? I've got one in mind. We'll say it. No, no, go. Three. That's it, Joe had. Do you know why? He's a tackling machine, and guess who leads out all-time tackle record? Mark Murphy. Can't write a better script than that, boys. <laughs> I still can't believe it. <laughs> it's actually true. It's true, but. It's only because stats have been like only in through the door in the last 20, 25 years. That's why. George, they must have counted training. <laughs> nah, hold on. In all honesty, in the early days. And the offseason. Yeah, Murph, Murph was a hard player before the year. No, nah, he was. He was, he was yeah. a hard player. He was. We hammer him, but you're right. And he played over 300 games in the midfield. So it makes sense why he's leading our tackle count. All right, boys. Next bit of news. Sam Petrovsky seaton my boy. Not so much Dan's boy, but my boy. He's, uh, he's requested a trade. Uh, to the West, and it sounds like West Coast is the suitor for him. However, there are rumours that Michael Voss has spoken to him since then, and he may not be leaving the club. What do you make of all of this? Um, look, boys, I, with SPS, I love him as a player, like in terms of what he can potentially bring. You know, obviously I've seen some highlights of him, obviously his junior years, and obviously throughout the course of his playing time with us particularly the Western Bulldogs game, that really sets a tone for me. But like I said, we just haven't seen it at a consistent basis. So I know he's been playing off the halfback flank for predominantly the last couple of years, and that's not his position. His position is mid-half forward, um, that sort of role where it's like, you know, 70, 30%, 80, 20%, you know. So he needs that sort of position on a consistent basis to have a, a good run at it. And you can see his qualities, but... Obviously, his lack of effort and his work rate is the defining factor, I feel. 
um, in terms of that's let him down. But whether he goes to West Coast or not, um, I just wanted him to bring his A game, you know, bring that level of intensity that I have seen, okay, in, 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 at times, but, you know, and whether he can bring that, who knows? If he does, you, there's a player there, definitely. But it's whether he does, and we'll see. Listen, I, I think no one can question Samo's ball use. I just think that he's not the player for what we're needing um, going into the future. I think the lack of effort and intensity that I've seen in more games than I haven't seen um, explains to me that he's not a player that well, – listen, and again, he, he can prove me wrong. He can go to West Coast and be unbelievable. or he can. And you know what? If he stays, then he's going to be expected to bring that effort and intensity if Voss can get him to stay. But in my opinion, I don't think he has that. I don't think he can be better than what he is. Yeah, boys, to be honest with you, he could be an unbelievable player in terms of ball use in our midfield. Imagine, imagine if you have the likes of Cripps, Walsh, and Hewitt, and you got and dishing it out to him. And he's not if you can't bring, Not if you can't bring. Work ethic and, and intensity because then the defensive no, side of the is non existent. 100%. 100%. But imagine if he did have it. So, this is this is this is why I want to speak about this is because these rumors about Voss speaking to him and maybe him having a bit of a change of mind. I said to you during the week, Dan, that if that is the case and Voss has spoken to him and Samo's gone, yep, I'm on board, we know what Voss is going to be saying. He said it publicly. The, the the brand of football we want to play is a powerful brand. It's all about work ethic. It's about setting up from our defence and propelling forward, but you need a defensive style of play and you need to work hard, right? If Samo, knowing that that's the message that Samo would have been given from Vossi when Voss has spoken to all of these players, if Samo does stay, I don't question that he's in for the ride. And I'm actually excited if it were to happen. So if he doesn't get traded to West Coast and he's on our list next year, I'm excited for what we're going to see from Sam Petrovsky Seaton next year because he would have been told straight, this is the standard. If you're not up to it, you can go. Yeah, no problem. Go to West Coast, do what you need to do. But if you're staying, know what you're in for. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, boys, I think he's the type of player that, look, we don't necessarily need if you're not going to bring you know, your, your effort. Simple as that. But in terms of his qualities that he does has that he does possess he's definitely the type of player we need that's my that's speaking, my thoughts yeah fair enough and speaking about types of players we need adam chera has officially nominated the blues as his club of preference during the trade period uh he has requested trade from frio been a lot of coverage on it already obviously trade period started monday um what's this one going to take boys it sounds like it's top of the priority list I reckon Nick Austin will want to get this done pretty quickly I think pick six definitely needs to be involved in it at, um, at a minimum or is it pick six I'm, alone nah at a minimum all right so, so because uh, hold on Jules because I want pop I'm, I've got a very differing opinion what else needs to be involved what else needs to be involved oh, and, well, and why why do you think he's worth more than just pick six I think because you don't know what you're going to get from pick six. That's I'm not, why. But I'm not questioning pick six. You're saying more on top of. What do you mean? You're saying on top of pick six, you'd be expecting more. 
to be part of the trade. Well, I'm saying that you might need to be throwing in, like, for example, like in the, in and amongst a Samo trade to West Coast, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. To have something going on there where it might be a three-club trade type thing to get it over the line. You know what I mean? Jules? My thoughts are, I think he's worth pick six, okay, in the grand scheme of things, all right? Potentially, obviously, once the father's sons and pride picks whatever, pick eight, okay? But, um, mate, he's a free agent. So the way I see it is let, let the trade period transpire and potentially get him for nothing or don't get him. That's the way I he's see not, it. That's not that's, a free that's, agent. That's, yeah. Sorry? He's not a free agent. He's not a free agent, Jules. Yeah, but he'll walk to the he'll walk to the um, preseason draft. We can't we can't do that with Chera. We can't we can't do what we did with Martin with Chera because Hawthorne and North both have. And so I want to wrap him up. And, and, you know and you know what, Joe? So be it. It's a shit rule from the AFL. Okay, it's a shit rule yeah. by the AFL. It's Fremantle's fault that they couldn't sign him up prior. Like potentially that we we might go through um, with Walsh. Okay. But I feel like as if Walsh will sign, okay? And it's their fault for losing a player. That's the way I see it. That's the way I see it, and that's the way it should be. It's their fault at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, they could lose him for nothing. So whether we give him a second-round pick and say second-round pick, that's that's our starting point. If you don't don't want it, he walks to the preseason, and then they get him for nothing. They don't don't get anything for him. That's the way I see it. Yeah, but you've got more... You got North that will be snapping at the heels, mate, to pick to to get him. They got salary capsules. We won't we we won't get him in the preseason. No now. chance. North will nail him, and so be it. But at the end of the day, I feel like as if as a club, no, no, I'm so, will... not when you when he's nominated us. We've got genuine potential to be front runners to go here. Let's let's get a player like Adam Chera to bolster our midfield even more, Jules. I can understand that. You don't know what you're going to get from pick six. So do you know what? You know what you're going to you know, you know you get from Chera, but is it going to exactly. be good enough? I'll, I'll look at it this way, right? You can't go preseason draft rules because we won't get him. You just won't. I'm with you on low-balling Frio to begin with. I am. Yeah, I reckon offer him a second-round pick. Right up. What I'm right saying up until, is right, – right, right, right up until deadline, low-ball him. Second-round pick 25, right? Low-ball him. You run the risk of them – it's not going to get it. Well, you run the risk. I, I don't agree. It won't get it. It it's won't get gonna, it. I think, I think pick six alone is gonna, enough. They're going to laugh. They're going to laugh. I think pick six I'm alone sorry. I think pick six alone is enough. That becomes probably pick eight in the draft after the father's sons and whatnot. But I think that's enough on its own. But you can't start there because if you start there, that's where we end up in a situation where we pay pick six and pick 25. I'm not saying to start there, but I don't think pick six alone is going to get him over the line. <laughs> I can't see why you need the to. Way I said, if we're offering pick six and then offering more for him, see you later. Don't want him. I can't see where I can't see why pick six alone isn't enough for an out of contract 21, 22 year old midfielder that's played less than 100 games at this point. I know what Adam Chera could bring. I know what his potential is. I've seen him play. Yeah, I know he's got defensive capabilities. I know he's got a great kick. I'd be happy to give picks pick six for him. Happy. But any more than pick six, you're overpaying. You're overpaying. And that's what, what I'm saying. The and next one's 25. And then, yeah, I know we got 25. And then 39. And then after that? I believe it's 39 after that. I don't know. Then we got that. something like 60. <laughs> I don't know after that. Give that. But what, why would Frio take pick 60? 
Oh, 39 then, bloke. Oh, I, I just I just think there's no need for it. All I'm I, saying is we need to put pressure on the other clubs now, okay? At the end of the day, the last few years, we've been willing just to give up our first-round first, first round pick and, yeah, take it. It's not like that. I'm sorry. We've got to be better negotiators. It's not good enough. It's not good enough because at the end of the day, the, the, the trades that we've been doing the last few years, we've been getting the shit end of the deal, to be honest with you. We have. Simple as that. We're talking about Saad. Well, you can go across a, a lot, a lot of, um, a lot, a lot of deals. I would say, but Saad in particular, for sure. Uh, I mean, in hindsight, I still think Saad for pick eight isn't too bad. Looking at it now, I think he was. I think he was worth pick eight. I understand what you're saying, though. We've set the precedent where we've paid pick eight for a halfback flanker, so it's got to be at least pick six. I don't think it should be more than pick six. Unlike what you're saying, Dan. I just think you can't let. What we've done in the past set precedents for something like for someone like Chera. Well, and the other thing too is okay, you got to look at the aspect in terms of what we need. Do we need another midfielder for sure? Okay. Um, does my thing is does the club feel like as if Chera is that last missing piece? Okay, and if he is that last missing piece, where you know what potentially next year definitely we'll be playing finals and potentially making close to top four or ish. Okay. And, and go running list first first round of the finals or second round of the finals, then you know what? Yes. The club, no worries. Take it. But that's what but. I'm saying. Who gives a fuck? Because at the end of the day, if you bol- if we're bolstering our side enough that we know it's going to sustain us for a long period of time, why are we worrying about these picks? Why are we actually worrying about them? Who cares? We're, we're going to have a robust group and, 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 and depth in numbers. With Why, why do we care? Because this is the reason why I care, Paisan, because I care about it because why my line of thinking is we could use pick six for something else as well as getting Chera, potentially, if we do um, trade other players, potentially, and get a little bit of currency. That's my line of thinking. So it's not about just getting Chera. Can we really bolster our team, really bolster our squad, whether we use our players that we do have who, who has a bit of currency like SBS, for example, to but get that's what I'm saying. but then we can get the likes of a Laddams or can get the likes of a key position defender, which a young key position player, which we, we definitely need. That's what I was saying, boys, at the start, that we might have to throw in pick six and SBS in some form of three-way trade with get and get Brander as well. Yeah. Well, what if you got Brander? What if you nailed Brander and Chera? With pick six and SBS, then I think, would you be happy? Well, that's fine. Then, then, yes, I would, then yes, I would be happy. But that's, but, but that's fine because they're two separate trades. SPS for Brander makes sense to me straight off the bat. All right, but that's what I'm you're saying. You're essentially saying pick six for Chera then. That's what you're saying. Yeah, but I'd be saying, well, would you be saying, oh, it depends on how you value each player. True. Because then, you'd be, because then maybe West Coast are valuing SPS higher or West, or we are. I'm jumbled up now. Yeah, that's right. We're valuing SBS yeah. higher yeah. than what we're valuing Brander. Yeah, true. But fair. Brander suits what we need. We're going to talk about uh, it's, a, it's a good segue because, and Jules, you mentioned a player. You've I'm mentioned, right. You've I'm mentioned right. a player. You've mentioned a player, Bob, as well. In terms of outside of Chera, who's the priority? Because obviously, we've signed Hewitt, done. Chera adds more to the midfield mix, done. 
Who's the next one? Because Lattes. we can't we can't walk out of this trade period with just those two being signed. I agree with you, Jules. If it's more than pick six, we restrict ourselves to signing someone like Peter Laddams, who might cost us pick twenty five. Who I'd be ha- which I'd be happy to give up for him. Yeah, look, Laddams for me, that's the top player we need, um, and particularly he's already he's announced that he's announced that he's exploring his options too. So, um, so and I I don't think Port Adelaide would be too difficult to. Um, to negotiate with either, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I think their cap space is probably a little bit tighter than what people think as well. So I feel like as if that would be a great option. And then obviously a key position defender. I know um, um, Young. Lewis Young. He's, yeah, Lewis Young um, has been mentioned in the media as well. So someone like that who's had a few years um, experience at a, a successful side in the Western Bulldogs. And um, you know he's obviously learned off the likes of Keith as well and Easton Wood in terms of his defensive craft. So, you know, he sort of had that sort of, you know, that the, the nurturing phase of his career is sort of almost over. So, look, he he's a long-term prospect still, but, um, you know, obviously Jones is nearing the end, I feel, you know, or closer to the end than the start. So he's 30, 31 years old. In the next couple of years, he's going to be, he's going to be um, retiring. So I feel like as if to become a successful side, we sort of need to, understands that, you know what, the players that are, you know, are, you know, in around, you know, 28, 29, 30, after another three, four, five years, those players are retiring. And the younger players, when you sort of need to try and pick players that's, and particularly in the draft now, that are going to be replacing those players that are going to be leaving because of retirement. So, yeah, I, I like the, I like the Lewis Young um, shout Paisan, I like that one. But I think Laddams is the priority. Um, how you go about that? Well, it's pissing me off a bit because we're not being mentioned. It's Geelong. Like it's Geelong, all the talk, yeah. all the talks around Geelong. Uh, and I know I don't, I don't understand it. I, it just, it, it, I scratch my head looking at Peter Laddams going. That's that's a that's our third ruck. That's we've got a, a ruck department of three if we bring him in, and he's a gun. He's a gun. Twenty three years yeah, old. And the- the way I see with Laddams is, and I don't see with Pidnet, um, he can play forward and he can play in the ruck. So the versatility you have with him with, with playing alongside TDK is is extremely – imagine lining up as a defender and then playing against Laddams, resting forward, and then playing against TDK, resting forward. The amount of headaches you would have as a, as a defensive six, back six, if you're the opposition, would, he, would be scary. I agree. Pov, you mentioned Jared Brander. He played, uh, I believe, 83% time on the wing this year at West Coast. Uh, we've spoken about our wing department and how thin we are there. Uh, is he maybe a late one that we go for? Like you've said, maybe involving SPS? I, I, I stand with what I said before. I think you can use that in the SPS. SPS, what are you pointing to here? The delistings after this guy. <laughs> I hate when he does that, Jules. He interrupts you mid, mid when you're saying something. He doesn't know. Right, right, sure. no, anyway, no, go, Brenda. Finish. finish Listen, Brenda's a bit unproven as well. All right, but I think for for what he can offer us on the wing, because we don't have someone that's really owning that spot at the moment, mm. are they? No. So it's it's an area that um, we are lacking, and he has got a lot of run about him. Yeah. He's got a lot of run about him. He's big too. And he's big, well, he, can play, he, he was actually drafted as a forward. Yeah. He was drafted as a forward. So um, 
Now, you know, the versatility there, again, I like a dual position player, mm. helps. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'd be going for him. He could, he could be a utility, you're right. He could be yeah. like a Jared Waite for us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now you do want to go through delistings, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Delisted free agents. We've got a few here that yeah, you mentioned. You've just thrown me off, Matt. No. Well, you... we've got Hamish Hartlett, we've got Sam Gray and Cousins, who are three that we've, well, Joe and I have pretty much pointed out. Jules, what do you reckon of those three names? Hamish Hartlett, Sam Gray, James Cousins. Do you like any of them? Cousins. Um, do you like Cousins? Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the off-season, though. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> Come on. No, nah, to be fair, Ben Cousins has, has had a very good run at it, to be honest, recently. He, obviously, he was recently at the Brown, though, as well, going a little bit off topic. Um, look, boys, um, look, it's a hard one, you know. So, potentially, you could find a diamond in the rough there um, in terms of still being able to put output or having a bit of depth um, across the lines in your team. But I don't know. I feel like as if we need to sort of go away from that and I just – target premium talent now or talent that can actually, um, you know, or, or, you know, re-bolster some young talent in key position players or midfield areas or wherever it is around the, um, around the team that are players that are going, going to be going out because of retirement. That's how well, I feel. I, I'm, you know, Hamish Hartland and Sam Gray, been them in my opinion, but I'm talking more about a James Cousins. Now for me, I think he's actually quite stiff to be delisted by Hawthorne because every game that I watched him play, the bloke's a very good player, in my opinion. Yeah, he can find the ball. What's happened to Dunstan? Uh, I don't think we need a Luke Dunstan, to be honest. Now that we've got Hewitt and Chera coming in, I think I think that's that's probably. Yeah, but he went. He's um he's elected. Or didn't he want to go? I, I was reading it somewhere. Uh, I haven't done any research. No, I have. <laughs> if I'm going to pose a question to you. All right, go go. Here we go. Would, imagine getting would you rather Dunstan and keeping pick six potentially for another player another quality player or, or if not going to the draft so you get two players then Chera Adam Chera every day for pick six that's a 10 year player and you know what he's going to bring well Dunstan is a five six year player you know what he's going to bring and then you've got a potential, potentially a, a pick six who's a 12, 13 year player. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose a question. Or you can oh, do. No, 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 no. I, I want to pose a nah, question. I'm to gonna George. say. Let me, let me. Pose I'm, a I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm agreeing with my response. No, no. But I want to pose a question to you. Firing back. If you do that, who are you taking at pick six? The the best kid. No, no. Give me a name. No, give me a name. I, I don't really know about the draft pool. Exactly. That's what I said. No before. one, no one knows. It's all based on potential. You know what you're getting from Adam Chera. My point. But pick six alone. You know what you're getting from Dunstan. You know what you're getting from Dunstan for the next five, six years. I understand, but we're not going back to the SBS Chera. has requested a trade. <laughs> we're not use going the back. bloke. Use the bloke <laughs> and pick six to get. Two players. Yes, I agree. How hard is it? I'm not going back to the Chera argument. No, nah, because you're that. not actually looking at the I agree- obvious answer. I ended up agreeing with you in the end. What I want to say here about these D listings, 
I think I think as a football club, regardless of whether it's James James Cousins, Hamish Hartlett, Sam Gray, you know what? We're past that. I'm going to put it to you this way: Lockie O'Brien, Zach Fisher, Tom Williamson. Okay, Hamish Hartlett, Sam Gray, James Cousins. Which of those three would you rather on your list? As as trio, O'Brien, O'Brien, Williamson, Fisher, whoever you mentioned, and Fisher. Yeah. Why? Why do we need to go after these delisted free agents anymore? That's not the club that we need to be. You, you know, people, the, the clubs that go after delisted free agents are either right at the pointy end and they need a bit more depth in their bottom end, or they're a rebuilding club where a delisted free agent comes in as their top end. We're neither of those. We're in the middle. We need premium to get us further up top. We need primos to get us into that upper echelon of the competition. The reason why I'm saying James Cousins is because you're saying, for example, you want to keep SBS. Now, I know that from watching James Cousins, he brings a lot more intensity and aggression to the game than what I've seen from SBS. <laughs> it's a big call. It's and been, he can find the pill. He's been delisted. I think I think anyone can bring more intensity and work rate than SBS. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Relax. Relax. Nah, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, James Cousins has been delisted. Sam Petrisky Seaton hasn't. So I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that. All right, but Geelong picked up Sean Higgins and he was delisted. But, Ge- but this is what I'm saying. Geelong's at the upper echelon of the comp. They're going for a flag. I we're know. Not, we're, not, we're not there yet. But you can still pick up a good player. And what, and what impact did Sean Higgins have for Geelong this year in the grand final? Yeah. Cutsies. No. You know what? It's, End it's, this show. It's, it's actually it's, getting it's very in the grand final, but... That's what. That's my where he's at. That's my point. That's my point exactly. He did nothing. They went backwards this year. So that's my point about these deals. Actually, didn't go backwards this year. They finished at the same spot. Wrong. They didn't make the grand final. You idiot. Anyway, guys. Um, you know what? That that got very. It actually, got a bit fiery. Got more fiery than what I thought. This. I episode. love milk and yeah, man. Yeah, milk. Boys, next week we're gonna. Oh, fingers crossed we've got a guest. I think we've got one lined up uh, because I can't deal with just the two of you anymore, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get Baz in, me, Jules, and Baz. <laughs> I, reckon Baz is, I reckon Baz is up for another pod. Jules, enjoy. How did Gene is Baz just quietly? Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a fan of the pod. He's a fan of, uh, we're a fan of him. He's a, I reckon he's a man that we're going to be friends with for a long time. Yeah, 100%. Well, he'll bin us in two weeks. I reckon, I reckon he's going to bin us in a couple of weeks, <laughs> especially after he hears the issue with Boys, Jules, enjoy your freedom. Pov, I'll see you next Thanks, week, boys. man. Up the baggers. Enjoy golf, yeah. Enjoy yeah. Nine, nine rounds of golf. Jules, yeah. wash, hey, Jules, just wash your face. You just woke up. <laughs> <laughs>